So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Welcome to Feature Creep. <gasps> Built-in microwave, semicolon. These two fabulous books, and we'll see where we go after that. These two fabulous books. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, welcome to Feature Creep. I am Ned, and my co-host here is... Meg. Meg. Yeah. And we are in sunny San Diego. Yes, we're we're hanging out together for the first time in a while. Um long time uh like 2020 since we've been in san diego together that's true yeah yep and then this summer you were at my house yes that's right for high summer mm -hmm. high summer yeah so we uh were uh this is your very first podcast that or our first podcast that you're listening to um you can contact us at uh you can get a hold of our executive assistant dana D-A-N-A at fcbm.io and she will route your questions um, to either of us or both of us depending. Um, you can also just go directly to our website fcbm.io and there's more contact information there. Um, okay well welcome and let's talk about these two fabulous books and see where we go from there. So which one should we start with? Um, <clears throat> I want to start up with the the Big Bento Box of Useless Japanese Inventions. Yes, this is an excellent book. Um, and it's this is fits right in with our sort of art and design ideas, um, mm -hmm. or our own <clears throat> ideals in particular. Uh, yeah, we really enjoy this. Um, this I don't know. It, it may not be quite a philosophy, but it's close. Yes. It's darn yeah. close. Yeah. Um, so the person who wrote this book and also invented the concept that the book expresses is a person named Kenji Kawakami and the, the sort of um, practice, the artistic practice that they describe and document in this book is Chindogu, which has a long explanation to yes. it. Um, so it literally means an odd or distorted tool, a faithful representation of a plan that doesn't quite cut the mustard. <laughs> yeah. um, it says in the introduction, the successful chindoguist approaches his subject in much the same way that a serious inventor would in uh, searching for an aspect of life that could somehow be rendered more convenient and concocting a method for making it so. Like the inventor, he discards those notions that clearly miss the mark. But unlike the inventor, he also abandons those ideas that will obviously work. <laughs> right. Uh, the chindoguist latches onto and builds a prototype of the best idea he can come up with that looks good at the onset, but on closer examination isn't. Having tested and verified that it indeed wasn't worth the effort, mm -hmm. the creator of the chindogu will then congratulate himself on having successfully produced an almost useful implement. Right. Who is the author? Um, so the author is uh, Kenji Kawakami. And then 
a man named Dan Papia is somehow involved in this somewhere. And then there's an editor, Hugh Fernley Whittingstall. Mm -hmm. And so the content of this book is attributed to Kenji Kawakami. Okay. Um, so what I think is really fascinating about this is that there are 10 tenets mm-hmm. of Chindogu. Um, the first, that it cannot be for real use. The second is a Chindogu must exist. The third, inherent in every Chindogu is the spirit of anarchy. Fourth, Chindogu are tools for everyday life. Fifth, Chindogu are not for sale. Sixth, humors must not be the sole reason for creating a Chindogu. Uh, So in other words, no gags. Right, right. Um, Seven, Chindogu is not propaganda. Eight, Chindogu are never taboo. Nine, Chindogu cannot be patented. And ten, Chindogu are without prejudice. And thus begins this amazing book. Yes. That on every page has at least one or two, depending on the spread. Yes. At least one or two Chindogu with a very, um, very engaging description of what the item is and how it's to be used in the problem that's solving mm-hmm. um, and they're all just like things you would expect to find I don't know like I feel like Sky Mall kind of yes like yes. Sky Mall late night, tele- late night shopping network yeah um, perfect exactly yeah and, and so you have these these just um like these things like uh the earring safety net so if you've ever lost an earring then something like this would be probably exactly what you want um and they're they're great so they fit basically you can imagine there are some clear plastic bowls that basically attach to your shoulders under your earrings so if your earring ever falls out of your ear it will fall into the bowl right and not onto the ground um, and so you will not lose your earrings and they are just these sort of clear p- plastic cups. I would, I would think of them as like small ice cream serving dishes size. Yeah. They remind me kind of of like when you go and get like a, like a frozen ice cream something and they put a cap on the top or when you get an yes. icy, yes. the clear plastic dome that, that sits kind of on size. top of like a whipped cream yeah. drink or something. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The clear plastic dome you put over a large cup of, of whipped drink yeah or whipped whipped cream topped yeah 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 and but instead they're bowls and they're you know faced up so that the earrings will fall into them Mm -hmm. and then underneath they have these formable metal straps that you can kind of conform to the shape of your shoulder Mm -hmm. so they can rest comfortably on your shoulder excellent yeah um and so they're real like someone made them uh they meet all of the requirements right and and it's just it's just every single thing is like this. Like it's just. Um, How many pages are there? There are uh, two hundred and two hundred and eighty. Hang on. Nope. Keeps going. Uh, three hundred and three. Three hundred and three unuseless inventions. Mm-hmm. Like there's this so if you 
<laughs> so if you are, as the advertisement goes, if you're a geisha on the go and you don't have time to put on your makeup, uh, take a bow and you're ready to rock. And so what this is, mm-hmm. is this like, so it's a little attache case. Yes. It's like a little suitcase briefcase that, yeah. that even says attache number one five zero zero on the front yes yes and so you um you open this up and inside is like a compact makeup cake yes of white yes makeup face makeup white i don't you know i'm not sure like i guess that's like there's a word for it in japanese but i can't remember what it it's like it's because of a type of theater yeah yeah um but it's it's I basically a, I don't have a Google in front of me. Oh, uh, that's okay. We're gonna be we're gonna wing it. Yeah. Um basically it's big enough that you can just face plant into it <laughs> and then cover your entire face with white paint or white makeup, right? right? Like bright white, you know. Um looks like talc powder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like titanium white. Yeah. Just over your entire face so there's like on the i think of this and i'm like oh it's gonna get in your hair but on the cover of this book and somewhere in its pages is a product designed to fit around your face as if you were looking through a hole Mm -hmm. and it um protects your hair from noodle splashes when you're eating and it's when you're eating noodles when you're eating noodles but this could also work yeah for the pancake yes. face plant yes. makeup. There's so one of my favorites is right here. I think one of your favorites as well, if you want to tell Oh, us it's just one. so horrifying to look at. <laughs> yeah. So um this it picture a sports mouth guard made of like white or almost clear silicone. Um that you would like put in on your lower and your upper teeth and bite down. So I don't know, like I could, uh, you know, I can imagine all kinds of people in sports using these. Right. But (laughs) embedded into the surface of these like kind of creepy, some semi-translucent mouth guards, mouth guards are these like, uh, stainless steel artificial molars mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when you put the mouth guard in it's basically the woman in the picture <laughs> has this mouth guard in and she cannot close her lips around this mouth no, guard no. i mean it's enormous yeah and then of course these um stainless steel grinding surfaces <laughs> roughly the size of molars but mm-hmm. all throughout the mouth not yes. just in yeah. the back right like there's no incisors here yeah. there's just a bunch of grinding plates or like little mounds um those are meant to chew and grind up the food and so there's also a picture on the on the facing page of this woman um taking a bite of something yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just <laughs> There's there's her hand pushing the food in, and then you can see stretching through her skin like these enormous <laughs> fake teeth, um, and like they're just taking up so much room in her in her skull. It's amazing. Yeah, it's so and, and it's the so frightening. Purpose of them, according to the inventor, 
Uh, they are detachable tooth covers, which saves brushing after every meal. Right. So you wear it. So if you brushed your teeth in the morning and then you mm-hmm. wanted to have breakfast, you would use these so you don't have to brush your teeth again. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> brushing your teeth is really, really hard. And uh-huh. so you don't want to, as they say here, um, become distressed by finding that all of your hard work has been undone when you eat lunch. <laughs> right. So um, it says here that detachable tooth covers put an end to contamination by food of pristine teeth. Mm-hmm. The gum shield style silicone. It says silicone in here, but it should be silicone. Yeah. Uh, plates fit comfortably in the mouth and are easily attached and removed. Each plate is fitted with seven hygienic and hard wearing stainless steel artificial molars, which allow you to crunch and chew without food coming into contact with your natural teeth. For those who like to keep their detachable tooth covers in pristine condition, we are now developing detachable tooth cover covers. (laughs) (laughs) It's so absurd. I like that this lady has her eyes um, kind of like, they're not wide open. Yeah. She looks kind of like she might be straining with the size of, the artificial molars it's mm-hmm. just so spectacular yeah um in that it is a spectacle for sure yeah it's definitely a spectacle there's a whole series of um because so many people take the subway these products designed for people who commute in subways mm-hmm. um for example there's a commuter's helmet that looks like a a worksite hard hat uh-huh. And then sort of affixed to the front is a clear plastic frame. And inside of it is, in this case, I think, yeah, Japanese um, kanji characters that inform someone who can read them something to the effect that here's where I'm going. Oh, I'm having a short nap. Could you please wake me up when I reach the stop printed below? Many thanks. Uh, and then... Extending off the back of this hard hat is a suction cup. Like a plunger. Like a plunger. Yeah. Um, So that you can put on the hat and then just lean forward against the suction of the plunger uh-huh. to the window behind you and take a nap. And right. Through and so the just goodness, hold your head up. Right. Just yeah. it'll hold your head up. It'll hold everything up. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work perfectly because all you have to do to stay upright when you're snoozing is just have something holding your head. Mm-hmm. We all know this. Yeah. The secret to commercial air flight, air travel, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there are like <laughs> there are some that are just very funny and ridiculous, right? Right. Um, there are some like this one I adore because it reminds me quite a lot of the chindogu that we came up with, even though we didn't realize at the time that that's what it was. But we mentioned it on a on a past podcast. It's um it's a motorized umbrella. Yes. That opens in the rain. Yes. That runs off solar power. Yes. And so uh, on page 180 of this book, yeah. there's a solar-powered flashlight uh-huh. for the visionary environmentalist. <laughs> uh, dispense with batteries. Take one solar panel and a torch and see how easy it is to harness light from the sun, converting it into six volts of pure power and a bright beam. Brilliant, <laughs> economical, effective, innovative. This archetypal chindogu would be so completely useful if it were not so completely useless. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is like, yes. 
totally i was like man i'm all of a sudden pretty proud of what we came up with right and to that end yeah i looked up i because i read this book cover to cover i was totally yeah fascinated by it <clears throat> evidently in the back of this book it says anyone desiring information on how to join the international chindogo academy may write to and then it has kenji kawakami's address uh-huh. at chindogo academy in tokyo japan or you can email them at chindogu.com. So I went to chindogu.com. Yes. Tell me more. And well, the website is still there. Yes. But it doesn't say anything about joining or there's no active anything. It's just kind of like a strange set of pages that are archived. They're in a static state. They're not updated or active. There's mm-hmm. no way to interact with them. Um, so then... I started sort of Googling around the interwebs mm-hmm. and the man who I mentioned his name at the beginning of the book. And I said, he's somehow involved in all of this too. Yeah. He's some like American dude who like, I don't know, sunk his claws into this or like was vested with some responsibility for this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he has this other weird website that's like this is where you can get you can become a member of this like weird little society thing. society yeah and so when you uh but this website i don't think has been touched since at least the early 2000s right, right. i mean when you look at it it looks like the background is like bright red and it's it's got the like center justified massive column that just scrolls forever down the center and then like weird margins where you can click different things. Mm-hmm. And there's like strange shit in the margins, just like what the hell? And then you can send an email, but the email goes to a pitt.edu email, so a pittsburgh.edu. Huh email right so whoever is taking responsibility for the site or for people who want to contact through the site yeah has a pittsburgh university email interesting which is very strange yeah um or at least they had one and also some of the weird stuff like that that they say on the actual this other alternative website is like Mm -hmm. super weird and like antagonistic and i'm like what kind of strange falling out happened here and i want to know more but i haven't really <clears throat> I mean, since we saw this book, I haven't really had that much time to dig into it. Yeah. But I think there's like maybe possibly more story here. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. very intriguing and strange and also like very hostile at the end. And I'm like, what is going on? So I don't know if there's still a museum in Tokyo that you can yeah. physically go to. I mean, if you just Google, if you go to their website, it, like I said, there's no, it's a bunch of dead ends mm-hmm. and it fe- it has a bunch of links to other things none of them work not a one none of the links yeah right yeah so they don't go anywhere yeah so nothing that this was attached to or that it referenced is right around or viable anymore right it's really strange it's like a little mystery so the book is fabulous and i mean it was published through who was it i don't know who the publisher was uh, it was published through hold on i don't want to lose my page because i want to share that um uh, w.w norton and company new york huh. london yeah so like hmm. and there's other books evidently which i am now itching to find and read yeah yeah so 
I just, I, there's some things in here that are just absurdly funny and awesome. So there are these, um, vertigo soothing glasses (laughs) and the tagline is keep solid ground in sight. So what they are or what they look like are like sort of welding goggles, maybe like if you can imagine that sort of like those like round, but then imagine instead of welding glass, like you had a little terrarium screwed on to each glass. So there's a little bit of sand in the bottom of the glass so that when you look through the window, you can see it's like a little horizon. It's like a little ground horizon right there in front of your eyes. So the whole time you always see ground. It's just, it's like, (laughs) what? (laughs) It also looks like on the front side of these goggles. So, um, the side not in contact with your face. Yeah. Where the lenses would be, there are full lenses, but on the back side, right. side closest to your actual eyeballs. It's like a half lens. It's so like a half look. lens and just on the bottom. So like that sand could splash backwards yes, right into your right. eyes. Yes. I just wanted to point that out. Yes. Like these are basically like, like don't lean back and look up. <laughs> Oh God, what is that sand made out of? It looks like metal shavings. It kind of does. It's like <laughs> aluminum oxide or something. <laughs> Yikes. Um, oh God. There are lots of, just to give you kind of a sense of like the things that are in here, there are lots of, um, there's lots of like modified footwear. Uh, oh, from yes. Like, there's like one kind of footwear that are basically sandals that have handles on the back of them so you can use them as a fly swatter. um there are there's these shoes that have um a little dustpan and dust brush in front of off coming out of the toe i saw those so you can just not have to bend over and you can just you know do a little sweep up right there in front of you Mm -hmm. as you go as you go um it's just like the there's uh it's just so many things like i i don't even know where to begin there's let's see <laughs> there's a device to dry your fingernails quickly and what it has is like an old um rubber ball for like pumping things so like you know if you've been to the doctor i don't know if they still use them but they use the um what is the blood pressure cuff called? It's like a sphygmometer or something yeah. like that. Anyway, the the rubber ball that you use to pump it up, mm-hmm. right? So it's like a, it has a one-way valve, so you like pump it and it blows air. So it's connected to a tube, which then forks into five straws that are mounted on a little tripod so that you can lay your hand down on yes. the table and then align all of the straws over your various your five nails that you've just painted mm-hmm. and then with your offhand you can pump the ball to blow air across your fingernails this is great as someone who paints their fingernails with an extremely high frequency uh i could i could probably benefit from something like that i, mm-hmm. I mean it's just so they're just like all of them are are like considered but then just missing right so close so close oh that's such a great idea oh 
I really like, um, I like how over time when you read through this book, you start to notice trends like so for the interesting footwear, right? The footwear mm-hmm. that has a dual purpose. Yep. Um, there's a lot of stuff about food in there and eating. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all of these subcategories of, of Chindogu. And I would think that with enough time and contributions, you could have these whole like, these whole sort of classifications. Yeah. I mean, I can, so many of these things I can imagine. Yeah. The evolution of it. I can imagine some of these things, someone having made this and using it in some context. Like for instance, there's this, um, a change of shirt you can keep in your pocket. And so it's just the forearms of a long sleeve dress shirt with the white pressed cuff. Yes. And so as long as you're wearing your coat, like your, you know, your sports coat or whatever, you can pull these sleeves on. And so then they have little, little adjustable belts, like little leather belts. So you can little garters, like little garters, basically. So you can hold the sleeve up on your forearm so that it sticks out of your, your jacket the way that a newly pressed clean shirt would. Right. And so you can change your shirt at any time with just these things that fit in your pocket. Amazing. And I can just imagine that there's somewhere, someone who has to wear like, they just have a couple of these stashed away in case they need to <coughs> need to get one out. And, right. You know, have a fresh pressed cuff coming yes. out of their jacket or something. It's yes. Just... I, there's one in there um, where it, they, they have these sort of like ill-fitting maybe first two knuckles worth of a of a finger Mm -hmm. it's like a sleeve and it's kind of like it's mostly translucent and a little bit like i don't know kind of looks like skin maybe Mm -hmm. um and it's like it's got this sort of like nail polish where a nail would be, but mm-hmm. it, they're so blunt and clunky that there's no definition to make it look like a finger other than like, oh, I guess that must be nail polish on the end of it. Mm-hmm. And the idea being like, oh, you don't have to mess with all the trouble of a nail polish and all that nail polish. Uh-huh. Um, you can just stick these creepy sleeves on your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> You want a manicure. It's like those fake tattoo sleeves. Yeah. Well, yeah. And also it looks, it kind of reminds me of, man, yes, there they are. Oh, they kind of look like condoms. They look like those finger cots. Um, but these are much less like, these don't roll on. They're, no. They're just like kind of a a permanently formed fully extended yeah i mean it's exactly what you imagine it's like you take like a um take a mold of your finger and then you make like a plastic sleeve that goes over it and then you fix a painted nail to the tip of it where the nail would be Mm -hmm. and then it's it's not completely transparent or like completely clear plastic it's sort of that like yellowy off off tone um and so you put them on and it's like it's just they're the picture they're shiny so they don't really match your skin at all yes um they have a little like ring at the end so they like they don't like smoothly transition from the plastic part to your skin it's like then there's a big ring so it's like real obvious that you're wearing something over your finger and then (laughs) 
and then the nails just are like you know the nails like they that it's it like the best way i can describe it is that if i said like oh you can just slip a prosthetic fingernail you know manicured nail over your finger just like slip it on there real quick like sure so but it looks it looks exactly the way you would imagine it would look which is just not quite right yeah i love those yeah they're really great just because they're so obviously bad i think of this makes me think a lot of um amy sedaris's books about entertaining yes where the sort of design of the food and the craft she makes serves some purpose other than utility. Mm-hmm. And so like her food is kind of amazing and ridiculous, but probably completely inedible when mm-hmm. you really think about right. it. Right. And that sort of, it's like food chindogu or like, um, like home, I don't know, like entertaining, entertaining chindogu. Mm-hmm. the the gloves with the yeah so these it's a pair of um those stretchy one size fits all yeah super thin kind of janky little um winter gloves Mm -hmm. they're like fingerless winter yeah with the the fingertips cut off Mm -hmm. and then embedded into the tops of the knuckles Mm -hmm. of the glove are a bunch of thumbtacks so if you find yourself tempted to slump over out of boredom and lean your chin on your hand like say in class or something this will prevent you because you'll be stabbing yourself in the face Mm -hmm. and of course the gloves are white in this case with dark colored thumbtacks coming out of them right yeah they look like high contrast they kind of look like a like a spiked fist glove that you're gonna like Mm -hmm. punch somebody with or something right in a bad video game yes oh man Bad video game gloves, totally mm-hmm. delightful. So I highly recommend this book. Again, the title is um, "The Big Bento Box of Unuseless Japanese Inventions," and it's from the 1990s. I mean, yeah, you're probably going to find it like a used bookstore, or maybe you can find it on Amazon. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So one more before okay. we go to our second book. Yeah, yeah. I could do this all day. I know. Yeah. So. uh the one cut clippers. So it's basically, you can imagine it's five toenail clippers mm. all arranged in a row so yes. that you can cut all of your toenails in one go. Oh gosh. There's so much riding on you getting that right. There's so much riding on getting that right. I mean, I can't clip a single, I can't clip one toenail in one go with a set of toenail clippers. It doesn't work. Like they no. don't, they don't fit my, <laughs> My toes are too big. Like it takes uh-huh. at least two or three passes to get all of the nail adjusted correctly. Yes. Or trimmed down correctly. But also amazing. I mean, this is this invention right here is is after my own heart, which is I've always wanted to come up with a better nail clipper that that cuts cuts them short more accurately and safe safely. Mm-hmm. Um so I would love that too. I had to stop using clippers because I never do them right. I will swerve off mm-hmm. like on one end of my big toe and then cut it like way too low or something. And then growing it back out is incredibly painful or mm-hmm. um, like my teeny tiny toenails, like my pinky toe is yeah. just barely a toenail. It's just like 
a tiny little thing that hangs out there. And so when I, if I have to trim it, it's really hard not to get too much of it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He'll swerve off. Swerve off, and then I'm bleeding. <laughs> and so, um, what I usually do now is just um, stock up in bulk with all kinds of emery boards and buffers and right right and just take them down different grit yeah mm-hmm. like the the 180 grits and the 120 grits and the 80 grits mm-hmm. and then i just stock up on those and then i just file all my stuff i don't actually clip any of it anymore mm-hmm. which is great it doubles because i i, I like excoriate my fingernail my, around my fingernails all of the time and so it's really helpful to have nail files everywhere i just have mm-hmm. them all over the place so that no matter where I am, I don't end up with like a little rough spot or a callus next to where my cuticle and my fingernail intersect each other. Yeah. Um, because if I find even the slightest little thing, like the slightest little texture, mm-hmm. I start picking at it like crazy. Right. And that just toughens the skin up more mm-hmm. and you form a callus, which makes it much easier to pick at right. until you just like rip a chunk of your skin off. Right, right. Uh, so... I keep emery boards around all the time. That's smart. Yeah. So I don't tear my own flesh apart like some horrible zombie. Right. <laughs> well, I like to keep um, I keep those in my truck. Uh, and then when somebody asks for them, I give them <laughs> one that's been soaked in aloe vera uh, uh, lotion. Aftercare, aftercare for summer. Yeah, because it burst in the bag and they were all <laughs> soaked and they were basically useless. It's like, here, have this. It's a little droopy and wilty, but you know. That was so great. Yeah, it was so great. (laughs) Oh, God. I it's terrible too. Like the worse, uh, the more nervous I am Mm -hmm. or just anxious. Um, like if I'm thinking really hard about something, I'm apt to do it too. So it's not just like a a uh like bad habit that I have when I'm anxious. Although that makes it pretty bad too, um, it's it's basically just all of the time. Uh-huh. I'm just always picking at my fingers, and uh, if I go somewhere, I have to pack that stuff with me. Otherwise, I'll arrive somewhere, uh-huh. and something about the process of getting to where I'm going. Yeah, maybe even just the fact that I've arrived without an emery board makes me freak out and start picking. And I'm like, Oh my God, what if I find something on my finger right now? I did. I found it right here. It's uh-huh. right here on the side of my left pointer finger. And it's a little rough spot that needs to be filed down immediately or I'm going to lose it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I just will not stop. Like, just, you know, when you bite the inside of your cheek or something and then you just oh, can't stop. It's like, do like, you just kind of have to give up chewing and eating for the rest mm-hmm. of the day? Because, you know, you're going to bite it again. You're going to bite it again. And also, like, it hurts. But it's like, mm, we're just going to, like, see if it healed up a little bit. Oh, no, it's still there. Right. And you're like, yes. Well, now I just bit it again. So now it's going to be even longer. Uh huh. Yeah, that. But with every single one of my fingers on uh, either side of my fingernail. Nightmare. Yep. And it's, I've had it ever since I was a little kid. And all, I mean, since I can remember being alive, uh-huh. I've always been like picking at the sides of my fingernails or like smushing something into it. Just like. Just get it in there. Ah. And, yeah. Yeah. And um, not great. Not not a, not a great habit. Yeah. yeah. Like if it, they, I think a lot of times they'll like medicate you if you have it bad enough that you're like ripping yourself open yes. and leaving your 
flesh open to infection. Yeah. I don't, because I have my emery boards, mm -hmm. I don't ever have that problem because I never let anything get long enough that I could possibly pick and tear at it. Right. Um, someone else I know who shall go unnamed mm -hmm. likes to do that, but with the calluses on their feet. Oh. And will like rip off giant chunks of skin. Oh. And it's like, ah, ah, yeah. oh God, don't do that. Right. And so now I get the baby foot stuff. Yes. And force everyone in the house to like, okay, this is like harm reduction time. <laughs> yes. Like yeah. put on your baby foot stuff so there's no giant callus to rip off until you bleed on yeah. the sole of your foot and then get it all infected and gross. My partner uh introduced me to that and we did it together and it was pretty fun. I'd never even heard of that. And then I forget what acid it is or something, but there's some there's some chemical basically that you like soak your foot in and it kills the top layer of skin. Yeah, it's like um it's I think it's just alpha hydroxy acids. That sounds right. Yeah. And uh it 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 unglues the skin cells basically from yeah. each other and right. so they come off in big sheets. Yeah, it's pretty crazy and so then you just like really quickly like lose like a couple layers of skin on your foot mm -hmm. um which helps with calluses and things like that. But Yeah, it's great, especially because like a lot of times people will get those calluses that are so stiff and and so like built up that at some point when they bear weight on their heel, it'll split open. Yep. And then you have a really nasty situation on your hands because you have to excavate skin down to the layer where it's split and mm -hmm. then work backwards to heal it from there. And so if like not an endorsement necessarily or like you know of any particular brand mm -hmm. uh there's like a bunch there uh, the baby foot one was the one that i think it was the original maybe and so that's what everybody calls it now like kind of how xerox right you know, right was like kleenex yeah kleenex so um there's all different kinds like if you get them off of the horrible behemoth that is amazon mm -hmm. you can just look for like foot peel yeah and then there's a bunch with a shitload of stars and just go with one of those. They're all yeah. the same, essentially. They just have a, a bunch of probably like lactic acid is maybe one of them. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like the same stuff that you get in a face peel, but like not for your face. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Not for your face. Yeah. Don't put this on your face. Um, should we talk about uh, the other great book? Yeah. So this is a book that you got for me. I did. Yeah. So um, a friend of mine. Uh, showed me a copy of this book that she had and I thought oh I know exactly who would really appreciate this book so it's delightful what do you want to say anything about it like what what about it made you think that I would like it so much um I mean you're right I love it uh I think I think it's kind of it's the humor of it is um is dark yes um but not it's not like gory or like mm -mm. it's like it's just sort of dark and it's absurd and it it has to do with a very cute animal and it personifies uh not personified what is it when you ascribe like human emotions to some like anthropomorphizes it anthropomorphizes a hamster yes in the most delightfully absurd way mm -hmm. um that feels a little more real like it's basically like you know if you actually look at the life of a typical hamster living in a cage in somebody's house this book is that 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so this book is called The Diary of Edward the Hamster, 1990 <laughs> to 1990, uh, by Miriam Ellie Elia, yeah. Miriam Elia, and Ezra Elia. Uh, and it is, it is just a journal of the life of a hamster. Yes. And um, it has sort of a, an existentialist bent. Yes, yes, yeah. So the, in the foreword, um, this person who is identified as Dr. M.E. Rodenstein, mm-hmm. specialist in hamster linguistics and philosophy, University of Massachusetts, 2012, uh, they said that they found this diary at a garage sale. <laughs> and it's an extraordinary work. Profound meditations on the nature of captivity and the soul <clears throat> interlaced with stark reflections on the grinding banalities of everyday life, illuminating its tiny pages. Edward unpicks the very fabric of tedium and forces us to question the drive that leads any of us to take the first uh First, take inky straw to paper. His short life is here set down in its entirety, yet his voice will surely echo through the centuries to come. If you should take the time to read this intense but intimate journal, you may come to realize that Edward is not just a hamster. He is a state of mind. So delightful. Mm -hmm. So just for reference, it starts in April. And since we know it all takes place in the year of 1990, it's just April. Yeah. April 30th. That's my brother's birthday. Oh, interesting. Starts out, it's my anniversary and no one seems to have noticed. Six months today. Six months since they bought me from Sniffle's Pet Shop. (laughs) Saturday, May 3rd. I've decided not to use the wheel again. Sunday, May 4th. I've decided to use the wheel, but only at night when they're sleeping. I'll scratch and crawl and rattle the cage just to annoy them, to show them that I will not do tricks, that if I do anything, it's for me, not them. (laughs) So good. The smaller one came for me today and tried to pick me up, but I ran and hid in the hay. She soon stopped. Monday, May 5th. Why exist? Yeah, it's definitely, I forgot about the existential, <clears throat> the sort of strong overriding existential crisis going on. Yeah, <clears throat> I I really enjoy, um, there's a part in here I, about a hunger strike. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is like appropriately lengthy given the fact that a hamster doesn't live very long. Right, right. Um, it's really funny. What were you going to say? Oh, I was also going to say, it's also full of these delightful illustrations. Yes. Um, everything is in black and white. Mm-hmm. And all of the all of the journal entries, all of the diary entries are um, the time. And if, if that's even delineated, mostly it's just a single comment on a single date. Right. And then occasionally there's more than one comment in a day. So that goes hour mm-hmm. by hour and it'll list the hour time of day and then the notes like 4 p.m recovering from mild indigestion it has been a long day (laughs) mild indigestion 
I enjoy <clears throat> I enjoy when the hamster tries to communicate with the cat. Yeah. I see you sometimes curled up on the windowsill for hours and hours. Tell me, are you drugged? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) If we came together, we could throw off the shackles of our oppression. I as the head, you as the fist. Nothing could stand in our way. The idea was so beautiful that I stood shivering under the weight of its simple power for a few short moments. Oh, God. He talks about the experience of being put in the hamster ball. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets a comrade. Oh, I have not read it the entire thing. I've only skimmed through it. And when I saw it, I was like, I, I have to get this for you. It's it's all about my favorite thing. Yeah. Disappointment. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. He The illustration... <laughs> Kind of gives it away a little bit because the hamster that's writing all of this has sort of sharp features and is always holding a little book with a tiny little pencil. Uh huh. And this other hamster that they adopt and then add to the mix has these kind of like silly little buck teeth uh-huh. and his eyeballs sort of point in different directions. And so you can tell by the way it is uh-huh. that he's not real, like, um, perhaps nimble uh-huh. when it comes to witty repartee. witty repartee. He just kind of sits there and looks off in two different directions and doesn't say much. Uh huh. <clears throat> and so this little this little hamster who's been alone all of this time and just is contemplating existence all by itself is super excited to have a companion. And then all of the companion does is eat and runs in the wheel. Uh Uh-huh. And that's basically it. And, uh, the passage where he tries to communicate with him is pretty adorable. He is awake This is Monday, September 22nd. Mm -hmm. He is awake. Tried to engage him in conversation for a moment, but he seemed groggy. Understandable after such a long sleep. Now he eats in the corner. He makes quite a noise. Tuesday, September 23rd. He uses the wheel. He has yet to show any interest in me. Perhaps he needs to stimulate himself with exercise. Wednesday, September 24th. He is still on the wheel, beginning to sense that he is toying with me. Thursday, September 25th. He eats again. When will he dispense with this infernal charade? I will confront him at first light. Friday, September 26th. He says his name is Wolf. Although he is not a wolf, he is a hamster. I tried to goad him into debate on the nature of our captivity, on the emptiness of life, and our irrational will to live. He burped, laughed, and defecated in the food tray. He is either mad or profoundly stupid. I am crushed. (laughs) Oh. I kind of feel a lot of sympathy for this hamster because yeah, I feel like many times I've been stuck with this unspeaking hamster yeah. of a companion who just runs in a wheel and doesn't question anything uh-huh. and you and you just can't, you can't, there's nothing, there's no, you can't make it through. Nope. You can't get through. <laughs> Tuesday, September 30th. 
It wouldn't take much to kill him, would it? <laughs> so anyway, I really like this book and I'm so glad that you got it for me because I think you yeah. know my taste so yeah. so well. Uh I I am this hamster. Yeah, I just I thought that book was just right up <laughs> right up there. The Diary of Edward the Hamster 1990 to 1990. Mhm. There's so much more to this. I mean, it's a pretty extensive little book. Yeah. Um there's I left a a, a whole lot of stuff out. It's delightful. His tone of voice as it develops over the length of the book is really cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's everything I've ever wanted from a hamster. And interestingly, I mean, I think about this stuff. This is why I treat my cats so well. Yeah. Yes, because I thought, well, what would they say if... Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. So now I just... Uh, I. Just, I would love to have a hamster, but you kind of will lose a hamster if you just let the hamster go. Like, you can't have a hamster unless you're trapping them. Right. Yeah. No, you have to. I my, mean, they're. My cat's not going anywhere. My cat loves, loves in my, my house. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But your cat is, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this, this is like, now we're getting into the realm of like, what it means to be conscious and have sort yeah. of agency, mm-hmm. um, which is always an interesting discussion. Um, yeah, yeah, that was what we were studying the other day. Oh yeah, in bioethics, yeah. Hmm. Like what? 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 What categorize? What? What qualifies as? a moral agent like how do you distinguish that i mean all of this is kind of like hilarious because it's like well considering that it's philosophy it it is only the view of humans how the rest of this is all supposed to work Mm -hmm. right (laughs) which is a point they never actually make anywhere right like so our starting point of our argument is like a hundred percent in favor of and from the perspective of humans. Mm-hmm. So take that with a grain of salt. Right. Uh, who deserves moral agency? Well, obviously humans. Right. And pretty much nobody else. Right. And we know because we're humans and in virtue of the fact that we are human, we have human rights. And so human mm-hmm. humans have all of the rights and the only moral standing. Or something right. like that. I mean, right. there's a right. there's a few that we were talking about these series, and none of them is particularly satisfactory. Right. <sighs> uh, anyway, yeah. yeah. So, good stuff. How how long have we been talking? Uh, we've been talking for fifty minutes. Oh wow! Um, is there um is there any news from the research team about the colors of the day? No. So I I reached out to them and i guess they've been kind of slacking um and so it's oh no they haven't they don't have anything for us today so we're kind of on our own to kind of fill this this last ending segment um there was a color block that you sent me a little while ago that i thought was utterly beautiful but we hadn't used it on the show yet mm -hmm. i think well, the issue, of course, will be since the color research department is down, we won't be able to view it yeah. um, until they get 
get it back up and running. So we're just going to have to wing it. Well, shit. I mean, you, you like sent it to me and I was looking at it. I feel like I took a picture of it. I yeah. Well, <clears throat> um, it's okay. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it'll be fine. Um, my, um, uh, there were two colors that come to mind as like in, inextricably linked in my consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my room when I was growing up, I had this very pale blue carpet. Yeah. And in my brother's room, he had this weird rust orange carpet. And the two of them together are kind of like not dissimilar from some of the combinations that we've actually had. I just wouldn't know what their RGB colors are or numbers are or their hexadecimal. Right. And that's why I think maybe we just need to um, just be okay with with not Sometimes we today. just don't have colors of the day. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. We can live without it. Yep. I mean, it'll be okay. We'll we'll come up with some um, at a later date, yep. and it'll be great. We'll just do extras. We'll do extras next time. We'll do two colors. Well, we'll do four colors of the day. We'll do colors of the day times two. We'll right. do colors of the morning and colors of the evening. Ah, there we go. Nice. Yeah, recovered. Recover. Um. Well, if you uh, read are, some books. Read some books, yeah, and uh, check out these books. We liked them a lot. And if you are uh, interested, again, you can get a hold of us. We'd love to hear from you, your thoughts, your ideas. Um, we should be getting back to our regular programming and filling back filling our schedule um, with episodes. We've been a little bit lax. Our there's been uh, our engineer, our back end engineer has been a little busy with some other work, and so uh, yeah. some of the publications have fallen behind. But we'll be getting that back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so look forward to that. And uh, yeah, again, we like like hearing from you, and uh, we see there are people listening. So uh, speak up if you want to. Um, you can contact Dana D A N A at fcbm.io. And I think we're on some social media, but we don't really use it. And w- why would you? So. Just yeah. email. I'm not on any anymore. No. I I shut down my Instagram a little while ago. Twi- the twits, the Twitters. Oh yeah, <clears throat> I am on Twitter, but the only thing I use it for, well, I don't really put anything out myself. I right use it to know what's going to be on. Informed and yeah, it definitely has a um, it has some really useful tools in that regard and being able to like quickly connect with people in a large public space is helpful and yeah um coordinating with people and especially people you don't know mm-hmm. um directly but only through yeah through a particular process um okay well uh yeah i mean i'm, I'm happy with that Woo-hoo. okay well thanks everybody for thanks, listening everyone okay <gasps> okay bye